Thank you for joining us for Breakthrough with Pastor Jason Stanford. Breakthrough is a place where you can find community, encounter Jesus, and discover purpose. Please take a moment to like and subscribe so you don't miss a single message. Let's go straight into the service recorded at Breakthrough Church in Cookville, Tennessee. Enjoy. But uh, praise God. It's good to be in the house. God, before we get started, let's pray. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that today is the day you've made. We'll be glad and rejoice in it. Hallelujah. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy, how they endure forever. Now, Lord, our desire is your desire. Lord, let our will be your will. Lord, let your will be done in this place, through us and in us, Lord. Lord, I pray that we grow closer to you, that your Holy Spirit move in this service. Teach us what you have for us. Lord, let us be seekers of you. And Lord, we shall find you because we sought you. And I thank you, Lord, for all you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, in scriptures, we have certain catchphrases or various different things that we hear sometimes. And we, we don't sometimes always look into it. But, you know, today I want to kind of talk about what it, what it means to believe with the heart. Now, that's a kind of a common uh, thing you hear sometimes in Scripture. Let me, let me start off with this. In Mark eleven twenty two, verse through uh, 26, it says this, Jesus said to them, Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and that you will have them. And whatever, uh, and whenever you stand praying, and if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Pretty deep conversation there, right? But there it says, um, the phrase, does not doubt in his heart. It's important for us to not have doubt in our heart. You know, so many times we think about, well, what, what's a heart? Well, if I said to you, uh, a heart, you think, well, the thing that beats in your chest. You know, the scripture here doesn't necessarily mean the, the organ that's beating in your chest. Would everybody agree with that? But a lot of times when you're, when you're reading the scriptures and it talks about the heart, it really means your spirit, man, who you are in your spirit. You know, I love this part of scripture. It's, it's, a, it's a very important scripture, in my opinion, because it says, have faith in God. And Jesus begins to tell people how to have faith in God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, sometimes... We can be, we can have good intentions, but just because we don't know something, you know, I, I hate to use this word, but we can be ignorant of things, right? That's kind of a strong word to use, isn't it? We can be ignorant of things sometimes. And sometimes that's what we are with spiritual things. We mean well sometimes, but yet sometimes we can be kind of uh, ignorant about them. Well, and that may sound kind of harsh, but if you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, 
I do not want you to be ignorant. See, we are spiritual beings, and God is a spiritual being, and we communicate to God, uh, with God in the same way. See, we are not to have doubt in our heart. We are to fully trust God with everything that's within us. You know, sometimes as we get going along, as we get older and various things like that, we think we got a lot of stuff figured out. You know, sometimes we look to the wise men, and that's a very important thing to do. Look, have a, a wise counselor that helps you in various different things. But sometimes in our faith, we really need to go backwards. You know, Jesus talked about many times having the faith of like children. And now, how, how, what is the key to unlocking your faith? It's that really the key to unlocking your faith is being like Jesus said, going back and being a child, like a childlike faith. You know, my daughter here recently, I went upstairs, upstairs at our house, there's this, this area and it's just the kid area, you know. And I, I walk up there and I'm like, well, there's these little stuffed animals and they're sitting out uh, and they got papers in front of them like they're having school. You know, and I'm look, I, I see it and I thought, well, she's, play teacher, you know, and she's got her little stuffed animals out. And, and she's, as far as she's concerned, she's the teacher. You know, she's pretended and, and imagined that this is the situation. You know, hope is this wonderful thing. See, faith is, is things hoped for, is the evidence of things hoped for. But the foundation for our hope is love. See, love gives us hope. And then hope is the foundation for faith. And without faith, we know it's impossible to please God. But see, we must fully love God with everything that we have, our whole heart. You know, so many times you, you hear people out in society and very different things like that. Let's get to the heart of the matter. You know, even, even in the world, people go, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Let's get down to the heart of the matter. See, uh, for with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. Now, if you look with me in Romans chapter 10, verse 10, Romans 10, 9, Romans 10, 10 are two very important scriptures. In Romans 10, 10, it says, for with the heart, one believes under righteousness and with and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation in Romans 10 9 it says this that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead thou shall be saved see here the word heart doesn't mean the organ that's pumping within you so many times in the scriptures when we see the word heart, it's actually talking about our spirit man. See, we have a spirit that is inside the body. And I like what Brother Hagin says. He says, when God speaks of a man's heart, he is speaking about the main part of a man. Or, you know, sometimes women feel left out, but, you know, sometimes in scriptures... It's man, it may, actually means mankind. So um, Brother Hagin said, but when God speaks 
of a man's heart, he is speaking about the main part of man, the very center of his being. Now, the, all this seems a, a little strange to us at sometimes because we don't fully understand spiritual things. You know something? When it, it, it comes down to this, when somebody dies, the, their body don't go up to heaven, right? We put in a in a in a grave. It goes in the grave. Your body don't go with you. But who you are is your spirit man. See, man is a spirit, and we have a soul, and we live in a body. Now, where did I come up with this at? If you look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23, this is a great scripture. I love this here. Let me share this with you. Now, may the God of peace sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's a good goal. I want to be blameless when Jesus comes. See, we have so many scriptures that we just love. And, and I don't know about you, I've got, you know, they, they say like if you, if you can't highlight in the Bible because you think so much of the Bible, just throw it away and get one that you can't highlight in. You know, we have these scriptures that we highlight and they're so wonderful. And we think about, man, all the, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. John 3, 16, right? For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Philippians, these are, you know, I, for God knows the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I mean, these are wonderful scriptures. But I tell you what, this scripture right here, we should really hold it in a high regard as well because it helps us to examine how God created us to be and how He wanted us to function. See, I, I, I kind of take this scripture here and, and I talk about like my body. I recently had some back problems and the, you know, they said, well, how's your back hurting? I said, I don't know. It just hurts. You know, you just so much pain, it hurts. Well, they do an x-ray and they say, well, this is what's wrong with you. You know, it's funny, we, we did an x-ray or MRI little thing or whatever, and the doctor, you know, said, well, you came in here, and you look okay. He goes, but man, you're really messed up, aren't you? He goes, I'm sorry. He goes, you came in here last time, but we just thought you were, you know, hurting a little bit. But man, you're really messed up. I said, yeah, I'm really messed up. See, but it helped me identify what needed to do, what needed to happen, what needed to change. It looked within the deepness of that x-ray did. That's what this scripture does for us. It helps us to understand. See, in 1 Thessalonians, I'm going to read it again, if that's okay. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. See, may the God of peace sanctify you. See, God is a God of peace. And the thing about it is, Sin separates us from God. But God desires Himself to make us right in His eyes. So may the God Himself, the God of peace Himself, sanctify. Guess what? There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Look, there is a righteous, holy fear of God that we should walk by. But right here it says, this God is a God of peace. God wants to bring peace to your life. 
And it says, may the God Himself, may, may Him sanctify you completely. May He make you right in every part of your being. Right. See, and then it goes on and says, and may your whole spirit, which is who you are, your whole soul, which is your mind, and your body be preserved blameless. Now, it's real simple. We can tell you what the body is, right? Just pinch yourself. You feel your body, right? I, the older I get, I, I wake up in the morning and I go, oh, you know, feel my body. got to get stretched out a little bit, you know? You know, it, sometimes in the Scriptures, in people's understanding, they take this word soul and spirit and they push it together. And, you know, sometimes we do that in church. We'll say, well, hey, this means souls, you know, came to know Jesus this year at the church or something. But really, spirit and soul are two separate things because here in the Scriptures, it divides them. See, you live inside of a body, but you have a spirit that lives on forever. And you have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. See, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is your uh, reasonable sacrifice unto God, or your reasonable service unto God. See, we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. How do we present our bodies a living sacrifice? By the renewing of our minds. See, the Bible instructs us to do that. Renew your mind in the Word of God. See, sometimes... What happens is, let me, let me just say this, the cross is the most beautiful thing you'll ever see. It's where Christ died for my sins and justified me and made me right in His sight. He washed away my sins. Man, it's a beautiful place. But God never intended for our faith to stop at the cross. He wanted it to continue on to where we would be with Him one day. See, if it stopped at the cross, then there wouldn't be any need for the rest of this. See, it's important that we renew our mind. There is a way that we should walk in pertaining to godliness. And God doesn't want us to be like orphans. See, orphans don't know who their father is. They just run around, have no identity, no place to sleep, no... No understanding of who they are. But see, we are not orphans. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. See, the cross establishes the church, but the Holy Spirit builds the church to where the gates of hell will not stand against it. See, hell will always come your way. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean bad things won't happen. News alert, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you. There will be things that happen to us that we can't control. And it's not God a lot of the times because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give life and life abundantly. So anything that kills, steals, and destroys from you is from the devil. And anything that brings you life and life abundantly comes from God. See, 
We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And you know, just like the weather, it's cold. We all experience that together. You know, I think Paul was a great example of that. He's like, I've been shipwrecked and beaten and stoned and things thrown at me. See, as believers, like Paul said, toward the end of his life, he said, I have fought the good fight of faith. I've endured to the end. See, there's an endurance to the end that we must go by. So it's important for us to understand how God created us so we can fight that good fight of faith. So our spirit man is in the inside, but our mind is something that we must constantly renew. So you're going to have one of two things determine what you think, say, or do. Now, one of those things that determine what you think, say, or do is your flesh, how you feel. The other thing that you have to determine what think what you think, say, or do is your spirit man. Now, you don't want to be led by the flesh. You want to be led by the spirit. And what happens is when you're born again, the whole, God makes your spirit man new so the Holy Spirit can live within you, helping you and leading you and guiding you, directing you where you should go. See, the, your spirit man, and, and that's what we should be, what we should be led by is our spirit man. And though that is the very thing that we should think upon, spiritual things. Just like in Romans chapter 12, it tells us to renew our mind. I love what uh, Pastor Eddie says. He said, the mind or your thought life is the blueprint for your life. As a man thinketh, so he is, right? It's important for us to keep godly thoughts and take hold of impure things. You know, sometimes we, you know, I, there's been times in my life where I have struggled with sin. And to almost to a point where it just shakes me. I think, oh, I'm just trying to resist this sin. And the thing that, that, that's so important is that we must feed this spirit man when we're tempted. See, God doesn't want us to go aimlessly and just, just live a life of not knowing Him. See, these times of great refreshment of things, you know, salvation and, and, and great times and services and maybe God, you know, moves miraculously in your life. And, and maybe they, it was a wonderful church service or it was a time of prayer. But God doesn't want us living on those moments. But He wants to lead us through every situation in life. He wants to lead us in, in, in the times out here. See, the, the terms spirit of man and heart of man are used interchangeably throughout the Bible. When talking about the heart, the Bible means the spirit of man. And those are, those are changed out pretty, pretty oftenly in the Scriptures. We, uh, we know man is a spirit because he is made in the image and likeness of God. And what am I talking about? In Genesis chapter 1, in verse 26 through 28, it says this, and then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. 
So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, how is it that God has made me in His image? We all look so differently, He made us all in His image. He didn't make us in His image through the flesh, but through the Spirit. Our spirit, man, is made, is what's made in the image of God. Not the way we look on the outside. Well, we might be in trouble if, I, if I'm the image of God on the outside, you know. <laughs> he, he could have probably done a little better job, right? You know, Michael, he might could have gave Michael some extra hair or something, you know. Uh, you know, so uh, I, I, I'm going to get you back, you know what I mean? <laughs> but we're created in God's image through our spirit, man. Not through our flesh. Our flesh is what decays. It is what goes... So, we must not be ignorant concerning spiritual things. We must understand that we are spirit beings, but also that God is a spirit being. You know, and that's the way we connect with Him. See, in Romans 2, 28 and 29, it says this, For He is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is the outward of the flesh. But he is a Jew inwardly, circumcision that is of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, uh, from men, but from God. See, in the Old Testament, the saints of old, they had this thing called circumcision. And what it was, it just basically pointed to things in the future that would happen. See, now, it's not a circumcision of the flesh, but since Jesus has come and died for us, it's a circumcision of the heart. See, God, when you get saved and you ask Jesus to come in your life, it is not just, oh, I've just said something, you know, something. No, when you, when you ask Jesus in your life, something spiritual happens. God comes and He cuts these things out of your heart. It's a spiritual circumcision. It's something that God does in the Spirit. See, according to this text, the heart is the Spirit. The new birth is a rebirth of the human spirit. Now, when you were born as a child, what happened was you were in your mother's womb. But how did your, how did your, your spirit, man, come into existence? Well, God breathed into us. And He caused us to have our spirit. Now, whether you're Christian or not, everybody was created that way. God Himself breathed into every person. And that's the way every person became a spirit being. Even the lost people. Because God was there from the beginning. And that's what's sad, is that those who are lost, they must come back to the one from the beginning. See, the new birth is a rebirth of the human spirit. In John uh, chapter 3, verse 4 through 7, it says, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man, uh, this is Nicodemus talking to Jesus, be born when he is old? 
Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered and said, uh, Most surely I say to you, unless one is born of water in the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Jesus here said, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. See, when you become born again, there's something spiritually that happens. Now, if we go back to Thessalonians back here, I want to go back here for just one second. And it, and it says, may the God of peace sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless in the coming of our Lord. Now, how is it that our spirit is made blameless? Whenever we ask Jesus in our heart. Now, it's our responsibility for our soul, right? According to Romans chapter 12. But our body, how does our body become blameless? Well, you ever heard of things called being baptized? See, when you're baptized, it's an it's a, it's a outward confession of an inward work, but it also cleanses your flesh from unrighteousness. And so God doesn't want us, he, he makes a way for every part of us. See, when G, Nicodemus had the hard time understanding, what does it mean to be born again? How do I enter into my mother's womb another time? That doesn't make sense, right? But what Jesus was talking about is that spirit man that's in us, God himself put in us from the very beginning. And when we get born again, that spirit man is made new just like it was when God created us. See, our spirits become alive unto God. Our, or our spirit, or what you'd say, your, you know, like the Bible here talks about heart, but our spirit man is alive. Now what happens is when we ask Jesus into our heart, he makes he puts a new man in us just like he did from the beginning, but he also lives with inside of us. And when you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. And it and you know what? Sometimes you ever thought, why did I think that thought? Sometimes we have thoughts that come from here, but sometimes you have a thought that comes way down deep in here. And I tell you what, when you get that thought way down deep in here, and that's God speaking to you. And a hundred percent of the time when you get that thought down there, a hundred percent of the time that whatever that thought was, it's it'll line up with the word of God. Let me let me tell you guys a story, okay? So I get out of Bible school, and I'm just kind of hanging out at the church doing whatever. And there's this most lovely lady. She's a saint of God. Every one of y'all should know who she is. Her name is Miss Rose Brown. Everybody knows Miss Rose. She's usually here for her service. And so we get out of Bible school. And we're like, just kind of hanging out, doing whatever. And I knew it was coming. Miss Rose was coming after us. And Miss Rose, if you know Miss Rose, she's always involved in children's ministry. And I'm like, oh no, here we go. I know it's coming, you know. And she's a saint. She's a sweetheart person. And you're like, 
she's sitting here talking to me about, oh, I think it'd be great for you to do children's ministry. And there was always a joke at Bible school. Uh, Brother Hagen's, or uh, uh, Craig Hagen used to say, you know, they had the numbers up on the screen at church and they would call for children's workers to come down and work. And he said, the children's workers, they're, they're losing to the kids. The kids are tying them up and throwing them in the closet. They need extra workers to come help. So I thought children's ministry was, you know, the kids just overrun you and throw you in the closet. You know what I mean? I, I had no desire to do children's ministry. And Miss Rose, I love her and her wonderful self. She is just talking and she's talking about ministry, you know, doing children's ministry. And I'm like, as soon as she takes a breath, I'm going to say no. And I'm like, I'm just sitting here saying, no, 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 no. And I'm not here. And I'm like saying, no, 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 no. As she's talking, I'm just thinking that in my mind. And I'm just waiting for her to take a breath because I'm going to say no. As quick as I can say no. Not think about it because I've already thought about it. And I'm rehearsing it in my mind. No, 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 no. And she goes, what do you think? And I'm telling you, it was like a river of living water that just started coming up deep from the inside my spirit, man. And I automatically go, yes. And I'm sitting there in my mind thinking, what's wrong with my mouth? It's saying yes. I'm trying to say no. See, it was like a river that came up out of me. I, mean, I was in a good place with the Lord, and I, you know, but my flesh didn't want to go. But God rose up in me, and I said, yes. And you know what? I'll be quite honest with you. It was wonderful doing children's ministry. We had kids we baptized. We had kids we prayed for to receive Jesus. We seen a kid that couldn't hardly even eat. And he's about 18 years old now, and he's fine. And we, I used to grab him and pray over him. And I'd say, man, you know, help this kid, heal him in Jesus' name. We had the best time in children's ministry. But I would have missed out on something if I'd have listened to my stupid head. You know, you can't figure out the mysteries and the things of God through your mind. The secrets and the mysteries of God come up through your spirit, man. I like what my dad says sometimes. I go, Dad, you're doing good. You, you're pretty smart. And, you, and you're figuring stuff out in business. He goes, my dad goes, I ain't smart. He goes, I'm an idiot. He goes, I just listen to God speak. See, you can get further listening to God speak than you'll ever get in your own way. See, the Bible says a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a day. See, God can elevate you to a place that would have took you in your own natural a thousand years to get there, but He can put you there in one day. He can, he can supernaturally work in a way that you'll never understand. See, see, we look at salvation as hitting the home run, but it's just like getting to first base. There's something that God wants to walk out in you. There's a light that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But then he turned around and he said, now you're the light of the world. Because I go to the Father. 
and I'm praying in your behalf. See, it's so important. We cannot contact with our body or our mind. We can only contact God through our spirit. In John 4, 24, it says, God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The spirit is not the mind. The mind is something that we have to renew, that we're responsible for. You know, in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, it says this, For if I pray in a tongue, what prays? My spirit prays. But my understanding or my mind is unfruitful. See, when we pray in the Holy Spirit or when we pray in tongues, there's a purpose behind it. See, what I've realized is, is, well, we talk about tongues and you've got people that are so quick to say, ah. And then you've got people that maybe even in the church, I, I don't know, I'm just guessing. There's maybe like 10 of us, 10% of us that are kind of like all into it. And then maybe about 90% of us sometimes go, well, I believe it, but I just don't understand it. You see, when you pray in the Spirit, you're, you're not fruitful through your mind, but through your spirit man. You're praying through your spirit man. I, I like to kind of say it like this. And this is a hard, hard kind of way to say it. We, as a assembly of God or whatever, we say, well, tongues of evidence that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, which is true, very, very true. But sometimes we look at that as that, and we say, well, tongues is evidence, but actually, tongues is actually the tool. Because the Apostle Paul told Timothy, he said, stir up that gift that's within you. He said, pray in your most holy faith, pray in tongues, stirring up that gift that's within you. See, there, I don't know if you realize this or not, but I don't fully understand this book, the Bible. There's a lot in here I don't understand. And I'm still learning each and every day. And But the thing about it is, there'll be something I come to in the Scriptures, and I may come to it, and I'm like, man, I don't understand that. Am I the only person that does that? If, if, it's, if I am, that's okay. Nobody, everybody, you guys are more spiritual than me. I know. So, it's cool. Um, but I come to a place in Scripture, and I go, man, I know there's something here. I just don't understand it. Well, sometimes what you can do is you can pray in the Spirit, over the Word, and God will reveal things to you. See, there's mysteries that you're praying out in the Spirit that you can't understand by the natural ear, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And what you don't realize is, is that when you're praying, you're praying God's perfect will, and you begin to hear things, and God begins to bring revelation. See, the Holy Spirit commun um, communicates with our spirit, man. The gifts of the Spirit that God doesn't want us to be ignorant about are the things that stir up our spirit, man, to help us be in tune with God. See, there's, just, there's mysteries. There's things that God wants to reveal to us. Because why? Jesus said, what did He say? I'm building my church. What's He building you for? So hell won't stand against you. See, we're in a unique society these days. They're saying that we need, well, we need to change parts of this word. 
Well, you know, we need to overlook that. We need to take that out. This word was never meant to be changed. It's forever and ever. And we are to continue to live by this word, not to by society. See, but the Holy Spirit is a spirit of love. Well, don't you understand love? Yeah, I understand love. Love is that God died for us and He gave Himself for us. But He didn't want us to continue in the same condition. You know, here recently I was, I was at the Pumpkin Festival. And, and man, an hour, one of the most glorious places you'll ever go in your entire life. You've got so much food. And I'm a fat guy and I like to eat. So, I love the place. I mean, it's just great, you know? So, I go there, and I hear these guys talking about the Garden of Eden. And, and I'd stop, and i look, and, and I, I stop real quick, and I go, Hey, you know why God had to kick Adam and Eve out of the garden? And they go, Why? And I said, Because they would have never died in the garden, and God didn't want them to live forever with sin in their life. Now, if that being true, how is it that God wants us to continue to struggle with sin? He empowers us. He builds us up in our most holy faith that we can overcome sin and darkness. Is there going to be struggles? Yes. Amen and amen to that. If anybody struggles, it's me. Right? If there's anything that happens, if there's storms that come to anybody, it, they definitely come to me. I promise you. So the Spirit is the real you. And just like Paul had talked about here, he said, what conclusion then? I will pray in the Spirit and I will also pray in the understanding. I will sing in the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding. Paul here is saying, look, they're all good and fruitful. See, what I noticed was, if you look, and, and you look in 1 Corinthians, Paul is correcting the church there. And you know, I say, you know, sometimes I'm real guilty. I'll, I'll listen to people that don't believe like me. I, I'm, I'm kind of like a nerdy theologian person. And, and I, I will find out, why do you believe this way? And then I'll say, well, is that accurate with the Word of God? It drives my wife crazy. She hates it. Why do you always think about this? But you know, sometimes people don't understand the things of the Spirit. And what they do, they're, they're ignorant in the things. Like, like what, what it said there in 1 Corinthians. Don't be ignorant. Well, sometimes people are ignorant about things. See, sometimes we just don't know. We haven't been taught. We don't learn. We, don't, we, we just try to glaze over the Scriptures and go, well, I don't understand that. Let's keep going. And what happens is Paul is sitting there talking about the things of the Spirit. And then he goes into to Hebrews chapter 11 and he talks about love. And what happens is, is we confuse what we'll do is we'll say, well, all those things are no longer important because we've got love. But what we don't realize is, is Paul didn't have one thought and then picked up a whole new thought. He was speaking in continuation. See, the Holy Spirit 
is a spirit of love. It's like a love you'll never experience. See, when you, you know the Bible talks about going back to your first love. See, when you've seen Jesus and you said, oh, I just, I want to give my life to him. That love that you experienced will be the same love that will guide you in your Christian walk as God builds you. See, it is about love. It's about, when, when you have the Holy Spirit, the evidence of it is that you have love. The tool that you have is the tongues that you can work up that love. See, what we must understand is, is who I am on the outside doesn't compare to who I am on the inside. See, so many people could say, well, I knew you. Believe it or not, Mr. Young was my teacher in school. He could say, how are you preaching? You know, people from school, you know, people have their different thoughts about you. But you know what? Yeah, I am that same guy that was a heathen in school. But the inside is what changed. Now, I ate a bunch of cheeseburgers and, and got older, and the outside has changed as well, you know? But the inward man is, is, being, is being changed. The inward man is the one that's being renewed day by day. See, sometimes what we do is we hold on to things that we think we have an understanding in, and it keeps us getting from getting closer to this. I don't know about them Pentecostals. See, I like the fact that I was a heathen, and then I got saved. I didn't have to unlearn religious traditions. If you look at it, Jesus had his worst, worst problems with the religious people because they were leaning to their own understanding. And look, faith is not leaning to your own understanding. It's leaning to God's understanding. The thing though that God does is He gives us this thing that's called free will. And free will means I can freely do what I will. Obviously, right? But God gives us free will that, we, that enables us to say, God, I don't want you, or God, I want you. But see, we don't understand what a gentleman is anymore. Our culture is so, it's okay to have, be, be a gentleman, open the door for a girl, buy her meal. See, God is a gentleman. He won't impose His will on you. You have to be open to God doing something before He'll do it in your life. See, sometimes we look at, at life as a washing machine. Just getting stirred around, whatever happens, whatever happens. That's not the way it works. Well, if this happens. You know, sometimes people pray for a fleece. They call a fleece. They say, well, God, I, I'll walk through that door if you'll open it. Or I'll walk through this door if you'll open it. Well, who knows if the wind blew it open? You know what I'm saying? Hey, God, do this. Well, you know, if it snows Monday, Lord, that's, uh, you know. See, we were ne it was never meant for us to be led by doors opening, this or that. But, but Jesus said, if you're my children, you'll hear my voice. And another's you'll never follow. How do we hear the voice of God? Look, there's many voices that we can hear around here. 
you can hear a voice here. But the voice of God will come down from the inside. Deep down on the inside. And, and that's how he said, Jesus said, my sheep will know my voice. And another's they won't follow. That voice comes from deep down in that spirit, man. And, and it, will, it will never, ever conflict the Word of God. If you hear something that conflicts the Word of God, it actually probably comes from your flesh, man. See, one of two things are going to determine what you think, say, and do. It's either going to be your flesh is going to determine what you think, say, and do, or it's going to be your spirit. They both can't go together. It's one or the other. See, there's an outward man and an inward man. We must always keep down our flesh or our body. Our body's always going to want to do what it wants to do, right? You know, I mean, sometimes I like eating Reese's at 9 o'clock at night. And it's just a straight desire. You know, it's, it's that desire, you know, just gets to me. In the same way sin is, is the same way. But Paul in 1 Corinthians said, in 1 Corinthians 9.27, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. At least when I have preached to others, I myself should not be disqualified. Paul didn't say, I bring myself into subjection. He, re he refers to the body itself. It kind of feels a little... You know, it's kind of funny. You know, he's not referring to himself. He's referring to his body. You know, that kind of sounds crazy in a way, don't it? The, but the foolishness of the gospel, you know, there's some things that seem foolish in the gospel. But Paul was referring, hey, this ain't who I am. This right here is not who I am. I, there is a spirit, man, within me that can overcome things. And not only that, there's a spirit, man, that, like Paul said, I fought a good fight of faith. There's, there's going to be a spirit, man. When you get up to heaven, you're going to see Paul. And you're going to see that man that says, man, I, I put down that flesh and I let this spirit, man, rise up within me. See, Paul didn't say he brought himself into subjection. He refers to his body. See, we must understand that we are spirit beings. This is what's most important. Now, we can now more easily understand Paul's writing to the saints at Rome. Like we said in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, let me read that to you again. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is the good and acceptable perfect will of God. You know, bodies, a living sacrifice. It's pretty extreme. You know, I was talking to the Lord one day, and I was like, you know, sometimes sin will come in so strong it shakes you. And, and, and it will get a hold on you. And then there's times and trials that sometimes you go through and you're like, man, I overcome that. And, and I, I remember something that I had in my life and I said, Lord, I overcome, I overcome that. And, and it was almost like I was saying, look at me, look at me. And the Lord said, it's your reasonable sacrifice. This is reasonable what God is asking us to do. 
See, although there's things in our life that has strongholds on us, it's reasonable for God to ask us to do these things. You know, it's interesting. Sin separates us from God. So as we overcome sin, what does it do? It can only draw us closer. You know, I have a good time with my wife because a lot of times we'll have a, a lunch date in the middle of the day. And we'll go to a restaurant and we'll have a nice little lunch together. And, you know, we got young kids and stuff. You ship them off to school and then you go have a lunch date. You know, in the middle of the day, it's nice, you know. And, you know, sometimes what I'll do is I'll leave and I'll say, oh, goodbye, I love you, hug her. And I'll notice later on throughout the day, I may be driving, have a window down or something, I'll, I'll smell something. And I'll be like, that's my wife's perfume. See, and I'll think, man, gosh, I love her, you know. I just love her. Wow, she's so pretty. But see, God's anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. See, if sin separates us from God, when we overcome sin, it brings us closer to Him. And in the time of closeness, we get the anointing on our life. And we're always talking about anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. Well, get this anointed man to pray for you because God will set you free because of it. No, the anointing from God is to remind us of our love for Him and His love for us when we're not with Him. He's the lover of our souls. See, I love what, I think I might, I might have shared this already, but I love what Pastor Eddie Turner says. He says, he says, your thought life will be the blueprint for your life. See, as a man thinketh, so he is. See, to love God with everything, with our whole heart, we must love Him in spirit and truth. See, it's interesting here, Paul was talking about renewing your mind. Guess who he was writing that to? The saints. That's us. See, the new birth is not a rebirth of the body, but it's a, it's a birth of, the, of your spirit, man. You know, it's interesting. We see when your body is dead, your spirit and your soul live on forever. It's not, not always fun talking about death, is it? But we see here in the Scriptures in Luke 16, in verse 19 through 25, it says this, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and, and fared uh, some uh, great every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at the gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died, and he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being tormented in Hades, he lift up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. 
But Abraham said, Son, remember that your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he has he is comforted, and you are tormented. See, we see here in this story that the beggar went on, and, and you see, well, they weren't in their body, but they recognized their body. See, your spirit, man, and your soul, your memory will last forever. When you see the Lord and you're with Him, you're not going to be in this, but it'll be your spirit, man. See, man leaves his body and spirit and soul of man stay intact. The man remembers. See, I like what Brother Hagin says. He says, we cannot go, we cannot know God through our human knowledge through the mind. God is revealed to man through his spirit. It is the spirit of man that contacts God, for God is a spirit. And John 4.24 says this, God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. You know, if we're lost, if we don't know Jesus, there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. See, so many times we say, I hear people say, I'm a good person. I, I did this, I did that. Well, you can't ever be as good as Jesus. And it takes that perfect sin sacrifice, that sacrifice that Jesus made for us, for our sins. That's what it takes to be born again to be made right in God's eyes. It is not a work of the flesh, but it is a spiritual work that God does. And you know what? God will never leave us or forsake us. Let's all pray. Lord, I just thank you right now. Thank you for joining us for today's message. Please take a moment to like, rate, and subscribe. This helps us reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and ensures you will never miss a message. For more information on Breakthrough Church, please check us out on Facebook or email us at info at findbreakthrough.com. Breakthrough is located at 480 Old Kentucky Road in Cookville, Tennessee, and we would love for you to join us in person. Services are at 8.30 and 10.30 on Sunday mornings and 6.30 Wednesday nights. We offer ministry for all ages and look forward to seeing you soon.